You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 784. I didn't go to New York Comic Con either, celebrating the life of Keith Giffen. And welcome to episode 784 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I am Paul French, and today I am Computo Killer. He messed with us last week. Uh, you may have noticed, folks, that uh, for those of you who don't just go to the site to uh, to listen, but depend on the feed, that the feed wasn't feeding last week. And that is really, if a feed isn't feeding, can you really call it a feed anymore? Um, yeah exactly (laughs) yes exactly and uh and so uh discovered that um the um uh the uh the feed indeed the site itself had been uh infected with this uh dot bt um bug and uh what it is is basically a bug that Managed to get its way into one of the the files um, in in WordPress, and um, it messes with uh, the access to the site. So it adds a little file that basically every time you try to load in the site, it takes you somewhere else. And it does the same thing with the feed. Um, and uh, again, so that the RSS feed will you know, lead, lead you to other places. And, um, and so at first I was, oh, I was, uh, oh, I tried everything and, uh, it took a good couple of days to, uh, to get it sorted out, but sorted it out did indeed happen. And, uh, I, I remember sitting there at one point and, uh, um, just kind of refreshing to see how quickly this thing was replicating. And it was like, I would delete the files that were causing the problem and then they would come back. And, uh, and I was getting a little bit there with the, uh, uh, you know, the very definition of insanity being uh, trying the same thing repeatedly and expecting a different result. And um, until finally I did, and I, I had, had to delete a whole bunch of other files, basically the files that had this little bug, which basically writes itself into one of the pages that always gets loaded. But one of the first things that it does is it makes sure that it won't that the system won't detect uh, that stuff as uh, as an error. So it was messy, but then after I, after I finally did get rid of it. I uh, I made a quick change to uh, to something on the feed so that it would have so that it would have to kind of force it again, and it's fixed. So it's back, can't folks. You just, can't you just like restore the site to how it was before the WordPress update and then reload no. from there, or is it not that easy? It is not that easy. Oh, okay. um, I, I, in fact, I, in fact, did an update, but what it does is it gets into some of the additional uh, theme pages, and um, and and those are part of the content thing, which is something you don't up, update 
And, oh. um, and so I got rid of a lot of like basically all of the different sections where that shows up. And I'm not worried about them coming at me because they don't listen to the show. They just look for WordPress sites. Right. Um, and, uh, and so what happens is it gets in on a bad PHP command and uh, writes its way in. So we're running the most recent version and fingers crossed. Um, because man, it's been hard enough for me over the last few years just to, you know, slowly chip away at the missing hundred episodes in the middle. Um, the idea of having to put everything in from scratch, let's just say it was an existential crisis folks. And, uh, and so that's, what's been going on up here. What are things happening down South Travis? Hey, everybody, this is Travis Ellisor, and you have been listening to Podcast Feed Podcast. Yay! <laughs> Take a drink. Podcast cast. Uh, yeah, uh, this week, I or this weekend, rather, I am vacation planning lad, because I just had a vacation a couple weeks ago, and I've got another one coming up in exactly three weeks. Oh, yeah. Uh, which will Going to Disney ra- again? Lord no. Uh, <laughs> I am going to the Carolinas for two weeks uh, to take my remaining two weeks vacation because I can't take anything at Christmas or anything, so I have to take it all now. Yeah. Uh, but I'm basically going to start at South Carolina, go see an old friend who I graduated high school with and his family, going to wander around through South and North Carolina, going to do some hiking trails, things like that. Nice. Uh, I want to go by um, the comic shop. Heroes aren't hard to find while I'm out there. Yes. Uh, gonna end the weekend seeing another friend from college who lives in North Carolina, and then on Sunday come to a cabin in Murphy, North Carolina, which is where my mom, stepdad, uncle are all gonna meet up there, and we're gonna spend Thanksgiving week um, at a nice. cabin. Oh, that so, sounds great. I've got. Uh, it's going to be a relaxing, nice couple weeks. But very I've got nice. To get, I've got to figure out which, like the weekend, the first week, all of the week in between, where I'm going to land each day, where I'm mm-hmm. going to hiking, find a place to stay. Kind of, I, I kind of thought about winging it the whole time, but no, that's not going to work. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could end up staying somewhere slightly different, but I want to have a plan. I want to have a route. So I'm doing research. So what you're saying is is in your mind you've already gone to Carolina. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. And I'm not going to sing that, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's me. Over to YouTube, Michael. Hi, everybody. Mike Grabwa here, and this weekend I am Houston, Texas sports ball lad. Um, <laughs> yesterday or Saturday was the uh, the Houston-Texas game, the University of Houston versus University of Texas. Yes. And today, is, that was a football sports ball. And today in baseball sports ball on Sunday is the Houston Astros versus Texas Rangers. So it's... Uh, Houston-Texas uh, and Houston-Texas. It's very odd that we have the Houston-Texas uh, game on one day and a completely different sports ball Houston-Texas game on the next day. Would it not be Houston, Texas, Texas? Uh, it could be, but it's yeah. it's the Houston Astros and not the Houston, Texas Astros. And the University well, of Houston, not and the University of Houston, not the University of Houston, Texas. Where would one find the University of Houston? 
uh, in, believe it or not, in Houston. Which is in? Which is in the state of Texas. <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> Fine, be that way. <laughs> I did catch the beginning of the, uh, of the, of the football game yesterday, but we, uh, we, we couldn't stay long enough to, uh, to see much more than the kickoff, but, uh, uh well, yesterday, uh, Texas won and, or, which I was hoping for. And today I'm rooting for Houston, not Texas. Wow. Which, which if you know, sports ball will make perfect sense. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Uh, so uh, that so that confusing bit of uh, of trivia aside, is it for me? Over to you, Jim. <laughs> hey, everyone. I'm Jim Purcell. And uh, this week I am six days behind, lad. So uh, as I talked about three weeks ago when last time we recorded, I am doing a comic for nonspecific Arttober. All right. And uh, the plan was to do half a page a day every day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, today's the 22nd. I should have 11 pages done. Fortunately, I'm only starting page nine. I'm afraid I'm going to be working on this a bit longer than I intended. Yeah. yeah October is going to probably cut into no nut November a bit. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with our November. But uh, progress is being made. Um, I actually got four more pages to share with the uh, Facebook group uh, after this episode's done. So Very nice. It's been fun. It's been a learning experience. Yeah. Um, comic making is hard, but it's rewarding. Absolutely. So That's keep, awesome. Keep working at it. <laughs> Very nice. All right. And we have a, we have a guest joining us tonight. Yes. Um, I'm Al Sedano. And so I really don't have to do an a- an- an- Yeah. Yeah. You I don't have to do an acronym anymore. I'm really confused by that. It's really throwing me off. So much I can't remember how to say the word. But besides yeah. that, uh, this past week, I've been Nashy Lad, as uh was looking for something to watch for Halloween this month. And I recently discovered the, well, maybe I'll put this in quotes, wonderful uh, 1970s Spanish horror werewolf movies, the El Hombre Lobo, featuring oh. Paul Nashy. There's about a dozen of them. Nice. Uh, I say about a dozen because apparently the second one no one's ever heard of, no one's ever seen. He doesn't remember making it, and the the director only made that one movie and died mysteriously right afterwards. Wow. Yeah. Be careful watching that one. Sounds like a creepy pasta. Yeah, it sounds cursed. (laughs) Well, no one's seen it, but yeah, there's things like you know, werewolf versus vampire woman, Mm -hmm. uh, Doctor Jekyll and the werewolf, and Assignment Terror, which involves. Aliens deciding they're going to grab the, a Frankenstein, a Dracula, a werewolf, and a mummy, and that's going to take over the world somehow. Sold. Uh, they're awesomely horrible. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> and so, most of them are on free streaming sites, so it's great. There you go. There so you go. Speaking of, uh, since this, this is our closest, well, not our closest to Halloween episode, but close enough, uh, I read something today, uh, a trade paperback of Where Monsters Lie. Uh, Kyle Starks wrote it, and I love everything Kyle Starks does. Right. Um, 
the back of the trade paperback has probably one of the better comparisons for it. Um, say you had Cabin in the Woods meets Tucker and Dale against Evil uh, uh-huh. versus Evil. It's kind of a horror comedy, but it's kind of it's there's a gated community. This is the premise of it, and inside the gated community is all the different types of killers live there. Uh, where they stay away from the rest of society. And it's like, you know, the cannibal hillbillies in one, the, <laughs> the, the clown guy, the guy that makes the death traps in another one, the, you know, the the guy closest to, I don't know, a Texas chainsaw type person, you know, each house mm-hmm. has a different type of killer. Right. That's awesome. And, uh, and it's, it's got a, a good bit more story to it. Someone getting away, you know, eventually a big... Well, I'm battle. reading the premise. It appears, it seems to be like a reverse slasher movie. Yes, it is fantastic. It nice. is fantastic. Uh, art by Peter uh, Kowalski, who I was not very familiar with, but whose art is really good. Um, but yes, uh, Where Monsters Lie. Highly recommend good, good Halloween month reading. That sounds awesome. Just looking over his site now, and I, oh yeah, yeah, the cover for that looks cool. Didn't you mean uh, Fangtastic? We don't do puns. Remember they're the lowest form of comedy. But our favorite, right? Well, well, yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is excellent. Um. Um. So, uh, Legion News. Hmm. Um, suppose it's more, more. Uh, you know, uh, one thing to note uh, was it yesterday that was Levitz's birthday? Yeah, uh, Friday, I thought. Okay. Yeah, it was um, recently. Whatever. This yeah. Weekend. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So it was. Uh, I believe it was on Friday. Uh, something he pointed out that I that I didn't realize is that he actually shares uh, a birthday with Edmund Hamilton. Yes, he, I think well, you know, perhaps, perhaps was destined uh, to have worked on the Legion. But really, when you get down to it, um, I just thought that was kind of a neat little uh, little factoid. Oh, uh, I watched a uh, a word balloon interview video last week. Uh huh. And uh, John even, uh, interviewed Philip Kennedy Johnson, who's currently writing action comics. Right. And he's been writing some Superman books for the past couple of years now. Yeah, yeah. So if you've read any of that, you know that there are these Kryptonian twins, which uh, are staying with Superman and Lois right now. Right, right. Uh, yes. Little kid refugees. He let slip just randomly in the interview that there was talk with editorial about pairing them with the Legion. Right. Ooh. And he just said that just kind of, Came, kind of came out of nowhere, and there's been talk, and that's all he said about it. And I was like, oh, I'm, they're, the fact that they're talking about the Legion at all right now is interesting. Absolutely. But having twins that wouldn't be Clark or Kara or John or Connor or anyone who'd have to tie into continuity that you could just send off, I don't know. Yeah. And it's interesting that he mentioned that. And not having electrical-based powers. Well, I mean, you could always mutate them. Yeah, I mean, they just have to run into, uh, I don't know, a lightning beast of Corball. Take a drink. No, just make him red and blue. There you go. There you go. Red and blue and electrical. 
There you go. <laughs> that's right. Anyway, just random Legion mention. Oh, that's that's really cool. That's more than we've had the last few weeks. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, they're they're still showing up in Green Arrow. So yep, couple pages exactly. each month. Exactly. Well, uh, but really the big news, and this uh, actually happened a couple of weeks back, um, and um, uh, is of course uh, the loss of uh, of Keith Giffen. Um, um, and you know, the guy, the guy really, uh, he, he played it as only, only, uh, Giffen could, um, um, I told them I was sick, anything not to go to New York comic-con. Thanks. Keith Giffen, 1952 to 2023. Wah-ha-ha-ha. Um, and, uh, yeah, apparently that was uh, uh, his one of his last requests uh, that when he does die to post that to his Facebook and Twitter account. And that was posthumously by his family. Yes, but I'm, I'm sure by his uh, good for nothing son-in-law. Huh. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I kind of wonder about that because it, it just seems a... Um, um, a, a remarkable, um, a remarkable, uh, uh, self-awareness on this. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he suffered a stroke on Sunday, the 8th of October and died on Monday, the 9th. And, he, and I mean, it was, um, it's, you know, I remember as we were all, um, looking at it on the Monday and I remember seeing the post and, um, and thinking, what a weird thing to say, and uh, and and then kind of moving on, and then you know came the uh, the the reports of, uh, of of his death, and uh, and and I remember we were talking on our group group thread about it, and it's like, is he just messing with us? You know, is it real or is he or is he messing yeah. around? And um, turns out it was both. <laughs> the the answer was yes. My favorite bit of all of that was was Jim when when uh, when, when someone said uh, when I, either Michael or Travis or I said uh, I, I thought that was just a joke and you said it was. Also, he is dead. <laughs> <laughs> it just uh, that just killed me. Um. Um. And of course, um, you know, we look at, uh, at, at, uh, at, 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 you know, the, the whole, the whole thing with Giffen is, uh, um, it was always sort of the, uh, the different thing, um, born in Queens, New York, November 30th, 1952, um, started out with the sword and the star, which was in Marvel preview number four. It was a black and white text story um, that uh, he did with Bill Mantlo. And uh, that was in January of 76, uh, cover date. He worked, well, he worked a lot with Mantlo. Yeah, he did. And, uh, and then he, um, uh, after that, he, uh, um, he and Mantlo created Rocket Raccoon. Uh, I didn't realize. I honestly didn't know that. 
and uh, it's it's that's neat. You know what? I, it's funny you say that because I thought I always thought like because I remembered when uh, Rocket showed up a little later, drawn by Mignola. And, right. Uh, so that's for what, some reason, I had it in my head that it was him. Yeah. Yep. That's what I thought too. Yeah. Because he had a mini series that Mignola that's, drew, right? That, that's right. Yep. Yeah. But he, yeah. He appeared originally in the back, but Marvel, not Fanfare, the other one. Uh, uh, preview. Premier. Preview. preview Marvel Marvel preview number seven in the summer yeah, it was a, of seventy six. It was a mag. It was a black and white magazine, and then um, I don't recall the details, but he ended up appearing in um, Bill Mantlo's Hulk um, before getting spun off to the uh, to that miniseries by Mignola. Yeah, yeah. and then of course. Um, uh, Giffen would later um, um, appoint him as one of the members of uh, um, Guardians of the Galaxy in um, what was that series called? Well, they were they weren't Guardians yet. That was a uh, you know um, Star Lord uh, Annihilation, 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 Annihilation Conquest yeah. Star Lord. Um, and then they got uh, put in there. Basically, I like I mean it was probably more uh, um, Abnett and Landing. Uh, that did that because that was their series. Um, anyway, um, so we'll we'll talk about the DC stuff, but Marvel put a um, uh, yeah. an obituary page out or a, a tribute page. Um, mentioned that uh, he returned to Marvel in the mid two thousands, um, and he took over Thanos. He returned um, in the nineties. Well, in two. Uh, what? He came back to Marvel in the nineties. When, I'm just reading what? what it says at Marvel. Yeah. He did uh, Marvel Comics Presents and uh, uh, what is his name? The the Lobo adjacent character at Marvel. Uh, Ooh, I want to say Berserker. Uh, no. Wolverine? No. Wolverine? When, he cre- when he created. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. I'm going to look it up. Uh, Wait, was Lunatic Marvel or DC? Lunatic, that's it. Lunatic. Lunatic. Okay. Oh boy. He did that. He did uh Web Spinners, which is something I was going to talk about. Yeah, he did he came back to the 90s in Marvel with quite a few things. Interesting. Um, At any rate, he went back there again. <laughs> yeah, so uh he took over um a second time. Thanos in 2003 from Jim Starlin uh introduced yes. the space prison known as the Kiln, revived Star-Lord for modern readers. Um, and that series led into Drax the Destroyer in 2005, uh, which turned him from a bumbling brute into a lean, mean survival machine, mm-hmm. uh, and those built towards uh, Annihilation, which brought together Thanos, Drax, uh, Richard Ryder, Nova, Silver Surfer, Star-Lord, Super Scroll, Ronan the Accuser, and more to face off against the m- massive threat of Annihilus and his Annihilation wave. And uh, that, as was mentioned, was the inspiration for the movie version of Guardians of the Galaxy. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, uh, back issue 119, by the way, is a Guardians of the Galaxy issue. And while they don't have interviews with Giffen, they do talk about him a bit in the Rocket article. Oh, neat. So there we go. If only we knew knew somebody who was like... uh, knowledgeable on Thanos and, uh, and all that. Yeah. Um, if only, uh, if only, if only. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> too bad. I was like, I wish I knew someone who knew that too. <laughs> I'm just getting all the bronze age. Damn it. 
<laughs> I'm so not there yet. <laughs> where where would you be doing that, Al? Uh, possibly in my podcast, Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. There One we go. Plugs, I'm sure. Very nice. Very nice. Um, all right. So uh, anyway, so um, but he really, you know, and he kind of went around doing some stuff over over at Marvel. He did um, he did some uh, some defenders uh, over at DC. He did some uh, some early quote unquote um yeah you know early um uh well, i guess early late uh jsa uh with the super squad um right in uh yeah that was the, the revival series yeah written um, by paul levitz exactly so uh so they had kill, a chance kill, to work killer together. of batman that's right killer of batman that paul um, levitz yes yeah, yeah. He also he also did back then uh, a bunch of um, like horror stories and weird war tales um, while he was kind of getting his uh, you know learning his craft before they gave him a, a real series or a full series to do exactly. Um, I think where he sort of came to his, uh, now, and I remember. Um, well, I guess I'll talk about that when I come around, uh, but. Um, you know, certainly the big splash was uh, was when he really kind of uh, when he took over the main feature in uh, Legion of Superheroes. Uh, he had done a couple of issues of, of uh, backups there, and um, but really with the with that, uh, w- you know, once once he kind of got started there, uh, it was a huge splash. Uh, it was it was a you know, big deal and still legendary story. Um, and, uh, they went on to, uh, to work for a while longer on, on Legion. But again, uh, one of the things he tried was, uh, was, uh, doing a more humorous, um, attempt with, uh, the Legion of substitute heroes special. Um, I mean, really it wasn't really his first, uh, bit of, uh, humor, but, uh, because uh, he had already done the, uh, he had already kind of played them in uh, in in DC Comics Presents uh, with um, where, where Ambush Bug, right? Where Ambush Bug first showed up, and right. that, and and that was actually his. So Ambush Bug first showed up in uh, in Superman and the um, and the Doom Patrol. Uh, which he did uh, along with Copperberg and. Um, and then yes, uh, issue uh, uh, fifty nine. What I still maintain is one of the greatest single issue comics ever, because um, it's got all of the things, and um, and that was of course uh, with the with uh, Superman and the Legion of Substitute Heroes. Um, really, you, you know, with Ambush Bug kind of as the main character in that, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, and uh, and I think you know that these these sort of uh, uh, humorous takes is what uh, what led him to uh, to one of his great successes, which was uh, uh, Justice League, and uh, uh, where he uh, he would uh, basically you know lay out the plot and um, and work with uh, with J M Dematius uh, 
who would then dialogue it after Kevin Maguire had gone through and uh, and added those uh, wonderfully expressive uh, faces that only Kevin Maguire can do. Um, and uh, and that ran for uh, for a good while, and uh, certainly uh, put uh, Keith in in charge of a lot of the. Um, well, what do you, what do we what do you call it? Like you know, it's sort of a, a lot of the fortunes that were happening at uh, at, at DC at the time. Uh, that that was certainly a big one. And let me uh, um, sorry. Let me, oh, let, let me give you. Yeah, um, uh, so on Facebook, in a in a series of posts over the last week, uh, Paul Levitz uh, remarked on on GIF, and I'll read a couple of those now. Yeah, save some for later. Uh, so the first one on on the day everybody found out, he says, um, the sad news is now official. Keith Giffen has gone on to create new worlds that are beyond our living reach. Keith was probably the most fertile creative mind of our generation in comics. He had an infinite number of ideas pouring constantly out. Many, thankfully, never saw print as wholly insane or inappropriate. But the ones that did... We did over 60 stories together. Many of them he made far better than they might have been with any other collaborator because of his ideas and contributions to character moments and drama. A few we had rough times on, but I think no more than could be expected in a long relationship. Keith was a curmudgeon by choice. And <laughs> curmudgeon is a is a word that keeps coming up over and over again in, in yes. all of these uh, tributes. Uh, and that was an act he perfected and enjoyed. Um, uh, he was a family man, went out of public view and his soft moments came out there. Um, uh, tonight I want to say good night to a friend who made me look better than I was and hugs to his kids, grandkids and great grandkids. And Anna, now that you have him back, take care of him as you always did. He was never the same after you went, which I assume is his wife. Um, he also, he later said uh, a quirk of Keith world building is often most powerful in its use of detail and conformance to principles. Keith wasn't alone in thinking of graphic ways to illustrate the future, uh, but his long run on Legion gave him added time to demonstrate it. His holographic imagery, which was a pain to create before the layers of Photoshop, lack of windows and wheels, or dragging the forms for interlac, were all his touches that I gratefully worked with. I had no idea that... Uh, that Giffen was the one who created the interlac alphabet. I figured it would have been uh, um, like Todd Klein or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, let's see, one of the factors that made collaborating with Keith a joy is that he had no pride of authorship. An idea was simply an idea, not his or mine, only something to serve the story. And most of the time, neither of us remembered or cared where it came from. Uh, he'd like to say that he read my plots, usually three to four pages long, on the bus back to Jersey, then throw them out and start drawing. I suspect exaggeration because his pencils generally followed my flow, except when there would be suddenly a page or two uh, having nothing to do with a written plot or any conversation that we had. In the good years, our sense of the characters was aligned enough that I often ignored his liner notes on the pages and wrote a scene that was neither the original idea nor his, but felt better to us. Um, it's intrinsic to the writer-artist collaborations in comics 
that either party can make unreasonable demands of the other, not financially, but creatively. The writer who asks for contradictory visual actions in a single panel, the artist who does a tiny panel for the scene where the big expository monologue is to happen. <laughs> Keith and I rarely had that problem, but he did remind me time after time of my cruelest art direction. The entire population of the planet Daxum rises as one flying into space, uh, always followed by his, and you only gave me a fifth of a page for it. <laughs> of course, he pulled it off beautifully. Yeah, and and I'm sure we all can uh, can picture that what that particular panel looked like yeah. from the Great Darkness Saga. Oh, for sure. For so that's Paul. sure. I'll, I'll have uh, more stuff from uh, other creators as we go on. Yeah, I'm not going to go get, you know, I mean... Because we're because we're all going to talk about the stuff anyway, so so it's, it seems senseless to just sort of go over his resume. He wrote and drew a lot, and uh, so I'll kind of leave it at that. And uh, and and Travis, why don't you uh, start us off with uh, how you first uh, um, uh, came across uh, Keith Giffen and uh, some of your favorites? Well, I mean, it's I've mentioned many times that my first. Not the first Legion I ever read because I read something in a reprint digest, but the first one I picked up off of a shelf at Walden Books uh, was part three of The Quiet Darkness. Um, so I was introduced to Giffen's art. As far as I know, that's the first time I ever saw any of his art, and that was the yeah. five years later style, uh, which I know is not everyone's favorite, but I liked it right away. Yep. Um, and so... I got hooked right in the middle of that huge mess and uh, loved every bit of it. Uh, and then followed it on. I saw his art in a few different places. But the thing I think, because I hadn't quite, at that, it was what, two years later, and I still hadn't dug into uh, Legion back issues at that point. I was getting all in on the reboot, though. Uh, but Trencher came out mm, yeah. in Image. And man, did I love some trencher. <laughs> that was the craziest art I had ever seen. Yeah. So many lines. So many lines. It was ridiculous. And the humor was fantastic. Um, really enjoyed the heck out of trencher. Um, and since then, I've read, oh my gosh, it, going back to Defenders and uh, All Star Squadron to pretty much. I'm not going to say I've read everything he's ever done, but I've read the majority of it um, and enjoyed almost everything. Uh, one thing I want to point out that I mentioned just a little while ago, he did a story in, um, there was a Spider-Man anthology in 1999. Mm -hmm. I ran a couple years. It was called Web Spinners. Um, and mm. he did a story on it, and it was with the Silver Surfer and Spider-Man. And... If you've ever read the original Silver Surfer series, uh, you know, it's mostly Stanley and John Bashima. And uh, so they go through, and at the end, though, uh, the last issue, Kirby comes back. And it ends on a cliffhanger with the Silver Surfer kind of going crazy and really angry and saying he's going to take out his anger on, on Earth. And then it just ended, and it's never referred to again. Hmm. Well, he picked it up on his web spinners. And uh, that's what it's all about. And it turns out that it would have been the Psycho Man 
from the Fantastic Four manipulating the Silver Surfer's emotions. Right. And anyway, it's Giffen doing Spider-Man the Silver Surfer, which is not something I expected, but it was amazing. I love that story. Uh, I got big into that. Um, it's one of those more rare ones uh, that no one really talks about, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody talks about Legion and Justice League, Lobo, whatever. Um, when I, we mentioned Thanos earlier, but he, you know, I really liked his OMAC and the new 52. Oh yeah. And when he did this forever people with, a uh, uh, Dan DiDio, I remember seeing, he did that one issue of new gods, um, that he drew and it was fantastic. Dr. Fate. Um, I read some of his masters of the universe. It was really good. Right. But, uh, he, he, he did so much, uh, and I liked a lot of the rare stuff. I like the major stuff. I like Legion and all that. You know, we yeah. all do. But um, looking into his, all the other books he did, because he did hundreds of other books. Yeah. There's not really a bad one. Even if you don't really like it, it's not bad. Uh, guaranteed yeah. quality with pretty much anything he did. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 it's interesting that for a guy who was so zany he could uh, he could also play it straight sometimes and oh uh, yes yeah yeah i'm even like uh oh what uh blood strike from right. image oh, uh, wow. rob yeah. Liefeld, when he yeah. came on and did he did four or five issues of that and it was yeah. really good issues 4 through 7 in fact yeah that was really good uh I remember he worked, he worked on a day. number of image books at the time. Yes. Uh, Liefeld yes. used him a lot. Valentino used him. Larson used uh, him. He was the writer, he was the writer plotter on Freak Force and Super and Patriot. And Super Patriot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. All kinds of stuff. Beer Bones anyway. got in on that too. It's yeah. I was just going to say. It's, yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, he did three issues of that. Was it Images of Shadowhawk, which is basically three more issues of Printer. Trencher. Yeah, right. It yeah. was the exact similar, same art style. Yes, and it's guest starred Trencher the whole time. So yeah, and of course in uh, in the Amalgam days, he did Thorian of the New Asgods. Yes. Oh, was he the artist on that? I knew Simonson <laughs> no, was. He wrote it. Um, no, he wrote it. Yeah. He wrote it. Romita Junior uh, drew it. Oh, oh, right. Simonson did the cover, and Romita did the interiors. Yeah, yeah it was the whole. No, it was Romita Junior cover. Oh. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. Well, uh, so um, anyway, that's that's what I've got to say for very, now. Very nice, very nice. Um, Michael, how about you? Uh, well, um, I had to go back and and figure out, looking through my collection, what he had worked on that I saw, and there was a, a couple of random. JSA issues, a couple of random uh, commandy stories that he did. Um, and I think even a Defenders back in the, the mid-70s. But I didn't really know who he was, and it didn't really register that, you know, this is a, uh, this is a force to be reckoned with eventually. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, from what I read about him, he, he kind of, he left the industry not not long after that, um, I don't remember the reason, but he was out for a couple of years, uh, came back, and one of the things that he picked up was uh, Dr. Fate, 
um, in the uh, the back uh, backup strip in Flash, mm-hmm. and then he was doing that at the same time he was just starting out on Legion, and so oh, basically man. Legion was the first series that um, uh, that he got on and really got noticed. Um, I've I've made this point before. Um, I think one of the reasons why he worked so well with Paul Levitz was, well, number one is you just, sometimes you click with, with a, a collaborator sure. and, and it's better than the sum of the, the two parts. Um, but, uh, the, in addition to having Levitz there, um, he had Laurie Sutton uh, as editor on the great darkness saga and then uh, Karen Berger um, for the next few years after that. And I think having a strong writer and a strong editor uh, really made him hone his ideas into the best that they wanted to put out there rather than, um, I think once it got into the five years later, he did not have a strong editor and he was the lead writer along with the beer bombs who were uh, new to the business. And I think he was um, allowed a lot more leeway on the five years later than he was um, uh, during his, his first run. Um, Almost certainly. Yeah. And, and I think, um, and in reading all of the, uh, the tributes and stuff, they were like, this guy has so many ideas, he'll just rattle them off. And sometimes um, there wasn't enough strength to say no to him on some of his uh, five years later uh, stories. And so um, there was that. There was uh, the reason he left in the first place was he had uh, he drew that big giant poster with 275 characters on it, uh, inked by Larry Malstead. And he mm-hmm. said, basically, he got burned out on the Legion. And that's, he just had to go do something else because he had, he, he didn't have it left in him to keep working on the Legion. That's fair. Um, and then he came back a, a number of times. Um, I believe he was, uh, when he came back and did the the pouches um, and shoulder pads era of the um, of the end of the Legion around uh, Magic Wars. Basically, Paul was going to have um, left the book with issue fifty, but Keith said, "Hey, let me come back. Uh, we'll collaborate, and and we'll get you to stay another year." And so that's how we got that extra year after the um, uh, the conspiracy, conspiracy. storyline. And thank yeah. goodness, because that was there was some great stuff in there. Yeah. And then he came back um, uh, a couple more times after that. Um, I know he uh, he was on the, uh, was it the New 52 version? And was there one other time that he was there? Between um, five years later? What, um, Giffen or Levin? Yeah, Giffen. Giffen. He, he, did, uh, he did an issue of the reboot. Okay. Actually, he did a couple issues of the reboot. He did the one of the one million issues. Oh, that's uh, right. He did an issue with Abnett and Lanning. Which, yeah. and didn't they go on and do uh, Annihilation later on? 
Yes. Uh, Atlantic with, with See, it's all coming together. You said yeah. before 52? I, I that was yeah. the one where where you know, like he crushed Sunboy's head and yeah and stuff and then, like and that then, and then had and then had people eat, had aliens eat him. Right. Um, yeah, Barbecue. I mean we all talk a lot about how he likes to kill Karate Kid, but uh, he also killed Sunboy a couple of times. And there were um, you know he had a couple of uh, um, art style changes, um, one of which was not as well received as his others. Uh, basically when he discovered South American artist, Jose Munoz, um, and on the Legion that was right around the Omen and Prophet storyline. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> um, and then, uh, later on, he kind of merged that with, um, what he had learned from Kevin McGuire working on Justice League, you know, he came back and and his art style was still undeniably Giffen, but it had a lot of uh, McGuire influence in the faces. Oh, definitely. Um, and he was always a, a big fan of Kirby, not just Kirby Crackle, but um, designs and layouts. Mm. And, you know, there was that, um, uh, that cover that he did with one of the new Emerald Empresses that looked like it could have been drawn by Kirby. Oh yeah. That uh, was the annual that he did with, uh, with Scott. Was the annual? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, he and Koblish together. What a pairing that was. Oh man. Um, yeah. Uh, just, just amazing stuff. Um, yeah, so I, I yeah. got a couple other, um, yeah, please. Uh, tributes to read. So from, uh, Jam Dematis, he says, my old friend and collaborator, Keith Giffen has passed away. Keith has had his share of health issues in recent years, but he was such a feisty, tenacious guy, I was sure he'd outlive us all. Someday I told him the earth will be an apocalyptic hellhole. All of humanity will be gone, but you'll still be here, sitting in the rubble, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> Keith, as anyone who worked with him can attest, was one of the most brilliantly creative humans to ever work in comics, the Jack Kirby of my generation of creators. He was a curmudgeon with a heart of gold and an extraordinarily generous, generous collaborator. Uh, as my wife observed, he was like a character out of a Keith Giffen story. Uh, uh, Colleen Duran um, said, my very dear friend, one of the best friends I've ever had, Keith Giffen, I am heartbroken. I will love you forever. You're endless, endlessly kind and crazy, funny and awful, beyond smart and truly original. And if you uh, don't remember, he helped her get her start into comics coming out of either Interlac or the Legion Outpost fanzine. Yeah. Uh, and she then, and that kind of got her into the, here's her Legion related stuff, but they also did a, a series in the early two thousands called um, reign of the Zodiac. Yeah. And I discovered that in, I guess, a couple of years later or four or five years later, I, I found a copy of one of the issues at, um, at the first CGS super show. And, um, and I was like, Oh, I, it's Giffen. Oh, and Colleen Duran. Yes, please. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was kind of neat. Uh, let's see from Rob Liefeld. Uh, just heard the news of the passing of Keith Giffen. He was a master of the craft. My favorite defenders, my favorite Legion of superheroes, and Lobo. For years, he worked his magic for me at Extreme on Bloodstrike, Supreme, and Youngblood. 
We had so much fun. He is first ballot comic hall of fame. Rest in peace, Keith. You were one in a million. Um, and then one more, and then I'll, I'll go on, uh, from Mark Wade, uh, losing Keith Giffen today was a gut punch. We worked together on and off for decades from Legion in the eighties to 52 in the aughts and many times in between. His imagination and creativity could hardly be matched and collaborating with him in any fashion was a joy. He gave me one of the best pieces of advice I ever got. When I asked him 20 years ago what the secret was to maintaining a steady career in comics, he said, figure out what you do better than anyone else and own that lane. It may not always be in fashion, but when it is, they have no choice to come to you. Rest in curmudgeonly peace, my friend. Uh, so then I asked Mark, um, I said, you were his editor uh, on the five years later version of Legion at the beginning. What was that like compared to working with him as a co-writer? Uh, and Wade said it was like riding a bull at the rodeo. <laughs> Somebody else said, do you feel you lasted for the equivalent of eight seconds? And Mark said, nope, at best six. <laughs> oh, man. That's wild. Um, yeah, so I'm in Lobo. Um, that's uh, that's a thing, too. Uh, he co-created Lobo with uh, uh, Roger Slifer in um, a Omega recent Man. in Omega Man, and it was a, a recently um, uh, facsimiled issue. Uh, I, I picked that one up. I think I had seen it sitting there. And I I didn't pick it up, and uh, and then when he died, I thought I I think it's uh, I think it's a, a good idea for me to grab this. And it was, um, it was the original version was not the Lobo that we know and love today. It definitely is not. Yeah, yeah, very different. Did did, did Giffen? I, I forget. Did Giffen help reshape him, or was that more Alan Grant? Oh, he did it with Alan Grant. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that would have been when uh, Lejon started right well even before that lobo showed up in um justice league yeah he would show up in justice okay. league which of course uh that's and that's where he started getting the um you know the uh lobo rides was, a, a space bike and has dolphins because i was, I was remembering I, I was remembering the uh, the mini series and the one shots that uh that the uh legion yeah cast, that came later uh, covered um but i didn't remember what order they all came in yeah, and I think, uh, uh, as I said, uh, when when we first started uh, looking at those in the uh, uh, in the uh, now completed Legion uh, uh, podcast, um, uh, that it was so much fun, sort of revisiting that stuff. Because I, re I remember at the time, I think it was you know it was kind of an overexposure thing, and so I never really got into it. But man, did I have fun when we did the Lobo issues? Oof, that is good stuff. <laughs> they were nuts, insane, and yeah, uh, um, yeah he and, and I think uh, just the issue, this miniseries would have been fine. I think the ongoing would have been too much. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a good small doses thing. Um, same with uh, with with Amb ambush bug, you know, and it's. Uh, um, but anyway, I'll get to more of that later. Um, all right. Now I, I think, I think Jim's going to have a different perspective on the rest of us. Uh, on oh, this, so. you could say that. Yeah. 
Uh, my Giffen experience uh, is quite ass backwards. Uh, yeah, primarily, because, primarily because I only really started reading comics, you know, heavily in 2001. I read comics in the 90s, but it was primarily like Fantastic Four and X-Men. Very limited in what I could get my hands on, and my interests were also a lot more limited. So, funny enough, mm-hmm. the very first Keith Giffen comic I ever read was his, um, I think, 2003 or 2002 uh, translation of Battle Royale, which was wow. a manga at the time. Yeah, I remember when he did that. Yeah, so that was the first time I saw his name because it was prominently shown on the cover, which is very uncommon for translations. Uh, yeah, because normally that doesn't even really rate a or, uh, a credit on, especially during that era. Yeah, uh, or if so, it's usually on the uh, on the uh, inside title page. Mm-hmm. So that 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 was being you know pushed at the time. It, I made note of his name, but I didn't really like really understand like his significance. Sure. Uh, so <laughs> I would say the. Hmm? I so said, why is that not common to to have someone's name like that on the cover? Is that just not a? Because it's just it's a translation. Generally, you, what you do is you get the literal translation, and then you juice it up a bit so it makes sense. Okay. Uh, and it's really just a tra- translating while there is an art to it. And Giffen, uh, as I understand it, did embellish quite a bit on that <laughs> translation. I'm shocked. Shocked, I say. And so if it ever got re-released with a new translation, it would probably read quite a bit differently. I see. Okay. Uh, Where normally you try to go for accuracy with translations, Mm -hmm. uh, typically. Uh, Generally, you only make changes where, like, cultural things make the the actual translation impossible. Mm. Um, But I, I would say, like, the next place I really encountered him was on... Drax the Destroyer and Annihilation. Mm. Uh, so I primarily knew Giffen as like a writer. As a writer, yeah. Early on, not an artist. And in fact, it took me a while to like warm up to his art style. Um, so I did read, an, I, did, I read through, you know, his contributions to Annihilation and Cosmic Marvel at the time. Um, I also read a book called uh, Jeremiah Harm at Boom Studios at the time. That was pretty good. Um, that was another book he wrote. Uh, the art of that was pretty cool, but it definitely was not him. Um, but I had started like casually looking at the Legion, and I had read fi- I had read the three boot for a bit, and I decided mm-hmm. I was going to do the crazy pants thing and go back and read five years later because it was highly regarded. And uh, the first time I read five years later, the art, while not a turnoff was very challenging because it was so different from what I was used to. Right. Um, I loved it. I really liked it, but it really took me a while. And then after that, basically more and more was coming to my attention just because I was getting my hands on more comics. Of course, I was also seeing his name on various you know, Savage Dragon related comics. Like we said, Freak Force and, and uh, Super Patriot. So. Yeah. Um, I became more aware of like his various art styles, how he went from like his, uh, you know, his uh, Bronze Age, uh, sorry, not really Bronze Age, 80s Legion, and then five years later, and then Trencher, and then his modern style, which is like a fusion of all of it, and Kirby. Um, 
No, it's just it's just with me. It was always just really odd when I when I come at this stuff because I never go at it in order. It's never yeah. it's just whatever's in front of me. If it looks cool, I'll check it out. And uh, so it was. It, it's weird though because Giffen, although he definitely did comics, you know, at both companies and all over, it's primarily a DC guy. When you really get down to like the numbers, he mostly did DC. The, his runs at Marvel were generally pretty short. He doesn't have any like long runs at Marvel, like continuous. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But I came in at it with him at Marvel, uh, and and um, basically when he went back to DC to do Fifty Two, the series, not New Fifty Two. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's sort of where I started encountering the DC Keith Giffen and the ambush bug stuff and the comedy stuff. And, mm-hmm. Whereas that's where I started hearing like, oh, you got to read. Uh, Inter- Justice League International, that kind yeah. of stuff. So, That's yeah, awesome. it's just, uh, I just, like with most things, when I discover it, I just kind of go after whatever I can get my hands on. And even today, I was at a flea market uh, today, and I bought 50 comic books, and three of them got Giffen's name on them. Which ones? Uh, I got two issues of uh, Wallywood's Thunder Agents. Oh, nice. Uh, he did. Uh, that's an anthology book. Um, and Giffen had a had a, a segment in it. Uh, I think it ran five issues and got and got got embroiled in like a legal dispute. And so it got canceled mm-hmm. or ownership of the Thunder Agents. And the other issue was. Oh, right. I got an, I found an issue of Book of Fate, which I'm trying to pull together because they're not on the DC yeah. app. And I, I want to read them. Nice. So. Whenever Very I see nice. his name, I grab him, and uh, that'll always be the case. Yeah. Still a lot yeah. I haven't read. Still a lot I have not read. I, uh, I do there's, a lot, there's a lot of it out there. That's the thing. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I look at this Wikipedia page, and I think, like, you know, that's actually a pretty good um, uh, collection to work with. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Uh, one of these days, one of these days, I really should read Scooby Apocalypse. Uh, oh, definitely. Possibly. And I Justice mean, League 3000. Yeah, you know, I I didn't read that because uh, I think I was salty about uh, about it replacing uh, Legion. Um, it's better than it should have been. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> I love that. That is perfect. <laughs> that is perfect. It's better than it should have been. And uh and maybe that was part of it. Um, and I realized like, yeah, maybe that is something I should check out because it sounds like something I would like. <laughs> and, and, he, and he always did so many like oddball series. Did, did you know he did 12 issues of Suicide Squad? Yep. Yes. Did you, know, did you know he did 22 oh. issues of Doom Patrol? Yep. Yeah. Well, that's that really Doom, good. That, is that really Doom Patrol good. series was fantastic because it's um after especially coming out after the uh um the Burn. John Byrne Michigas. <laughs> what about Reign of the Zodiac with Colleen Duran? That's the one I was talking about. I uh, it, it, that was cool. Uh, I picked up that one because much like yourself I was going through a, a, a you know a dollar bin and uh, and it was like ooh Giffen okay <laughs> grab Amethyst. Wait, what's What's yeah. this? Eight eight issues of Ragman? I'm gonna have to get to that someday. And that was <laughs> uh that was interesting because that was um 
with uh, he. It was he and Robert Lauren Fleming and uh, Pat Broderick on art. He did a he did a series. Uh, he did Tag. If you've ever read that, it's a good zombie book. Yeah. Uh, he did a book called Dominion, which started Image. I think only like two issues came out, and then it went to boom. Uh, did Dominion ever come out? Because my recollection on Dominion is two issues came out. They didn't sell because the first issue was in color. The second issue was black and white, and then it was gone. And then it went to boom. Did it? Because if that's the case, I need to find that because those two first issues are good. And he did a one-shot book with Andy Kuhn, uh, co-creator of Fire Breather, and it's called Ten, and that is fantastic. Sorry, what it was the name? Ten. One ten, zero. A one zero. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like probably one of the more rare things with him, but it is a really, really good book. Cool. Um, Al. How about you? Oh, yeah. What is your so, different story? So the first time I can remember actually noticing his name, I mean, maybe I did read stuff with him in before, I don't remember, but would be in like some comics I had gotten from family and other things where it just kind of accumulated before I actually started buying them. And it was two, issue, two issues of JLI, uh, issues 14 and 21 which is the beginning and the end of the original Manga Khan saga. Yes. Which also brings in Lobo. Totally. <laughs> so that that's like, that's my introduction to like his version of the Justice League, Lobo, wow. Dark Side and Apocalypse. You know, all that stuff is all in that, in those two issues. That's amazing. So that brought me into that. And then the other thing I remember seeing right away was Lobo, which I read, which brought me into reading the Legion during the five years later in the first part of the quiet darkness mm -hmm. because it had Lobo on the cover. I'm like, Oh, well, let me check this out. And then <laughs> suck me in from there. And no, uh, the, the thing I really loved, because one of the things I say is like, he's one of my favorite creators. Like there's a lot of artists I like or writers I, I like, but he's mm -hmm. definitely up there with a few others that I would just put as a creator. Yeah. Because one thing he always did as much as possible was he made a whole world in there and not just in, well, let me have the characters do these things or go to these places, but just little background details that yeah. you can go back and pay attention to. Like, I, 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 there was one thing that popped in my head. I had to bring it up here. So in Heckler number six, mm -hmm. the mayor is just a blank guy in a suit. And if you're paying attention, you realize he has a bunch of masks on his mantle. And they say things like conservative, liberal, Nazi. So basically, it's like, ah, whoever I'm going to be today, I'm going to be yeah. this guy. Yeah. This is why I need to be for dealing with these people. Wow. Like he just throws all these, especially, like I said, the ones he's drawing, or at least like in JLI when he's doing breakdown so he can put that stuff in there. Yeah. He just puts all these little, usually subversive, little bits and pieces in his books. And also, kind of like Kirby, throws out so much stuff. I mean, again, Heckler, there's so much stuff about that city, other superheroes in the yeah. city that just show up like a page or two, and you're just like, I want to see more of these people. But yeah. of course, you don't get more. No, but, and uh, you know, but it's it's one of those things where you you get uh, uh, someone who puts something in a book, and then it gets picked up by someone later on, or it's uh, you know this sort of throwaway detail that then later becomes a thing. 
and yeah. uh, and and that's a it's a thing that's largely missing from comics these days because everything is sort of uh, you know they try to be sort of tighter writing for the trade and uh, mm-hmm. but you get these you know it was like a little throwaway thing that was actually more of a mistake and uh, and someone would pick up on it later and uh, and it would become the coolest thing and he threw a lot of those little cool things. It's just everyone was afraid to pick them up because uh, they didn't know what he'd done to it. Yeah, or they didn't know how to deal with it. Yeah. But also, like I said, it's just that world building he does for almost any series he's on, whether it's something like Justice League, which is firmly entrenched in the DC universe. Yeah. Or when he does, or other things where like he's in his own, like Legion is more or less still on its own. It's a thousand years in the future. You can do what you want for the most part, which he did. Yeah. Or, you know, other books like, you know, when he did Punks for Valiant or, you know, yes. Heckler or, Ve- or Vexed, that he could just, he still makes his own world there. Mm-hmm. Even though he's in part, whether or not he's part of an existing one. And also something I was mentioned before, the fact that he could go back and forth in styles. I mean, yeah. Like you said, so who brought up the someone brought up the Suicide Squad run, mm-hmm. which I love. But like he takes the Injustice League, which is like, you know, the lovable losers from the JLI, you know, Big Sur and Major Disaster and Clue yes. Master. And, you know, they're the Justice League Antarctica. They're so much fun. And an issue one that all, all but Major Disaster get killed of Suicide yeah. Squad. Kills them all off. Was that the one with Sergeant Rock? Yes. In charge? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then like, but it's still a little humorous. And then like issue four is like a very like serious Sergeant Rock story. And like at the end of World War II with like Russ Heath drawing it. Yeah. It's great looking. And yeah. it's like, it's completely, it's like, it, it looks, it does not feel like his other stuff. It's like, there's no, you, you'd be like, that's the guy who wrote Ambush Bug? Really? Are you sure? Yeah. Cause I don't see a joke here. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a hard bit of, you know, war thing and still like little bits and pieces. Like you're trying to figure out like, okay, why is wild man in prison? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what do you do? Unfortunately, you know, of course that only lasts 12 issues. You don't get those answers, but yeah. some things, but I mean, that's just one of the things I love. That's why I said I, he's one of my favorite creators. Cause he just goes in there and he just creates as much stuff as he can. And you can just keep going back and going, Oh, what's that? Yeah. Yeah. Give me my money's worth. Well, that's it, right? You know, for me, it was, um, I had probably seen him before I realized it. <laughs> um, I, I, I think I might have seen him, uh, one of the issues of, of Defenders that he did, but I'm not sure. I certainly don't specifically remember it. Um, I read the, the uh, 1976 Cobra uh, series, and um, I don't think I'd noticed his name in it. Um, uh, and I was six, so you know. <laughs> um, sorry, go ahead. I, was, I I I read those issues, or I bought those issues. Um, I probably haven't read them since I bought them back in yeah. the seventies, but I didn't even know that Giffen was on that one. All I remember is Kirby. Yeah, he did uh, issue three. Um, oh. Yeah, and. Um, because, you know, like with a lot of stuff uh, Kirby did at the time, uh, you know, I think that's right around when he was kind of wrapping up at DC and uh, and heading back to Marvel because it's 76. Um, uh, he went back to do uh, um, uh, Captain America. Um, uh, but the first thing I knew his name on 
um, was uh, Micronauts. Uh, he did a couple of fill-in issues, and um, issues 36 and 37. He was among several other artists, so I don't know that I noticed his... Um, um, uh, which was his or not, but I just remembered when I did follow over, uh, to Legion and, and I'd heard that Pat Broderick was drawing it and Pat Broderick was a, a, a former Micronauts artist as well. It was kind of like, Oh, okay. Well, um, you know, I, 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 I like, I, you know, I like Pat Broderick. And then of course, Giffen was taking over anyway. And, um, and it was like, oh, I recognize his name from Micronauts as well. So he did issues 36 and 37 as they returned uh, to Earth. Uh, 36 has a big banner on the top that says, beginning September 12th on NBC, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Mm. There you go. I have no recollection of those Micronauts issues either. Yeah, they were they they were later on. Like they were, I think it had already moved to um to direct sales because it has devil on the cover. And, um, well, um, sorry, was, did Micronauts had, was it the new generation was the second series? No, this was still the first, uh, series. Well, um, yeah, there were, there were two series at Marvel though. Yeah. It was the, the main one. And then they canceled the first one and restarted it for direct only because well, that they, was when they already had moved to direct only as well. It? Yeah. Okay. Because that was, I don't remember the details, but it was Micronauts and Kazar and Moon Knight that yeah. went to a direct only. Yeah, so it had started out doing that. They just didn't want to. They didn't want it in uh, in newsstands anymore. And uh, and I found uh, a secondhand bookshop that uh, would go to the Silver Snail uh, every other week, and so she would take orders and uh, and go and pick them up from the Silver Snail. And yeah. um, that, that was well, a pain well, in the wait, butt. Wait, 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 wait. Before we go too far past this, it's Kazar. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right. Um, <laughs> um, um, and so uh, so one of the notable uh, things about him doing those two issues of uh, Micronauts is, of course, the writer was Bill Mantlow. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, for me, it was it was really like, you know, he just started being everywhere. You know, like he, he started, so he started the Legion and I had, uh, and I think by that point I had already read his, um, like there was his Dr. Fate stuff in the flash, like you say, um, which I guess came just after Pat Broderick doing, um, the firestorm stuff. And, um, and so, yeah, watching him through Legion, then I kind of got out of comics for a while, but when I came back, he was doing five years later and, uh, and he was doing justice league. And, uh, so I got into all of that and, uh, and, and then that's when I actually finally read, um, all the ambush bug stuff and, uh, God, how I love that. Um, it's just a great, um, such a great tear up of, uh, of the comics industry as a whole. Um, and, um, and then, yeah, he just became a guy that I that I followed, and uh, and you know when when I saw something that he did, I was there, um, you know, and uh, I wanted to get it and uh, and and check it out, and um, you know we talk about things like, um, well, like L E G I O N, 
um, and uh, and like Lobo, where he kind of uh, reinvented uh, the DC cosmic universe. And, uh, you know, be as something beyond just a place where Green Lanterns hang out. Weird how he did that twice. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good guy to do it. Um, and of course, um, you know, uh, when you when you look at what he did with uh, with with 52 and. Because um, he did Invasion, right? And that really kind of like set the stage for what DC's Cosmic was. The 90s uh, definitely, definitely. Well, and that and that led, of course, into Legion, right? right. Um, and and, and know, all and kinds know, of stuff happening in in uh, Justice League as well. And Bill Mantlo co-wrote that. That's right. Mm. See, it all comes together, doesn't it? It's one of the last uh, credits that Mantlo had for his accident. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, interestingly, Roger Slifer, co-creator of uh, Lobo, uh, was that uh, was it, well, now he was uh, he was. Uh, injured in a hit and run as well. So, hmm. um, I got a, a couple more tribute. Oh, yeah, you, please. You, yeah, okay. no, I, I can come back. I can come back to okay. it and talk about some other series after. But go ahead and then and, and catch your breath. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Jim Jim Lee he says I gutted to hear the passing of the legendary comic book creator. He personified creativity to me in everything he did. Whether it was writing, plotting, drawing, kibitzing, or creating, Keith did it like no other in the modern age. He possessed an insane abundance of talent, a fearless take on every project ahead of him. Um, or uh, Sorry, a fearless take on every project asked of him and created some of the most absurd, over-the-top, and hilarious characters ever. His body of work influenced and entertained generations of creators and fans alike, and even though he had seen and done it all, he was always such a charming sweetheart of a guy in his own Keith Giffen way. <laughs> his retro nostalgic vision of the future filled with windowless buildings and omnipresent floating holographic screens made me a Legion of Superheroes fan for life. It was one of my highlights of my career to collaborate with, Ski, with Keith on a Scooby-Doo project and watch him elevate the concept in such a fun, smart way. Truly the master of every facet of the craft, making comics and a creative dynamo like no other. He will be missed. Yes. I got two, a couple more that I'll, I'll save till the end. All right. Um, yeah. And we mentioned that, that uh, Doom Patrol series um, that he wrote where, you know, they had already kind of been brought back as, as sort of regular in the DC universe superheroes. Um, but the thing about this was he, and this, uh, and I think this was especially important given sort of where we're at now with a lot of uh, of the DC universe is basically when in his Doom Patrol series he said when when people said yeah but which stuff happened and he said all of it all of it happened it's like the uh, it, it's the uh, it's the Premiani and uh, um, Premiani and uh, and Drake. Premiani and Drake stuff. Yep. It's the Copperberg stuff. It's the Morrison stuff. It's the Rachel Pollock stuff. All of it is part of that story. And uh, and he didn't. Uh, he was subtle about it at first, and uh, but then he brought it all in. And um, and so you had 
you know, Danny the Street in there alongside all of the um, all of the regular sort of superhero trope stuff. Um, and he added ambush mode to it. Yes, he did. Exactly. And, fit in perfectly. Oh, my God, so much. And, uh, it, yeah, I thought it was a great series. Um, and, it, you know, I really appreciated the way that uh, he was just like, like, let's, you know, again, it, it's the, he was the one who always said, you know, continuity is one thing, but consistency is more important. And, um, and, and, you know, he's like, cause you can figure out a way to make the, uh, the continuity work, but if the consistency isn't there, it doesn't matter. And, um, yeah, that Doom Patrol series was, uh, was really fantastic. And, uh, and unfortunately, um, now I remember on the DC message boards, which were a, uh, um, a, uh, den of scum and villainy, um, uh, they 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 would uh, they would tear it apart because they didn't like it because it messed with Burns stuff and um, and uh, but his thing was was yeah let's bring it all together and uh, because why are we going you know with all these great ideas people came up with why are we going to uh, just you know leave them by the wayside and uh, so that one uh, uh, has a special place in my heart just for that. And, um, and again, like his, his, you know, his, um, role in 52, as you changed artists, uh, you know, you had a, you had a rotating crew of artists because it was a weekly book. Um, but uh, again, he brought that consistency to it. Uh, you know, he would do all the layouts and he would be working with the writers as they, as they talked about stuff, he would be laying stuff out and, uh, and kind of coming up with some basic sketches and, and putting stuff together as they, uh, kind of, uh, you know, it's like, okay, so this is what happens. And they were, they were breaking this, breaking down the story and he was breaking down what they had and he would, you know, throw in ideas every now and then, and, you know, what if this happened? And, um, and what if, uh, what if ambush bug shows up? <laughs> I sense a theme and, um, and, you know, he is so, um, you know, and I know Wade was a huge advocate of saying like, um, Hey, Heath wrote this book too. He, you know, it was, uh, it was, you know, as, as much as there was that, that team of, of, of Wade, John's Rucka, uh, Morrison and, I think that's the main ones, is it not? I thought it was only four writers. Yeah, kind of Keith. So. They said they said five because uh, uh, because Keith was that fifth guy, and um, yeah, uh, you know, and that's uh, that you know that's a, a huge thing um, that really kind of stemmed out of how you know uh, how he um, was able to uh, to produce that many years of Justice League and do other stuff. Um, because he just, he just had this way of, 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 you know, getting, uh, his portion of the story across. So, and, uh, Greg Rucka, uh, wrote that he said, uh, well, let's see, he was talking about that. He said, uh, when I met Keith and got to know him, one of the nicest thing he ever said to me was on 52. He said that I was the, he said, I always know when it's your stuff in the script. You're the guy who's making this work. You and me, we're keeping this on track. <laughs> and he said, and that was Keith Giffen saying to me, and that was huge for me. He said, I can't explain how that made me feel just yeah. as a professional, as a writer. 
Yeah. All the question stuff in 52 with Charlie's death, all the lung cancer stuff that came out the way it did because I was working with Keith. He lost his father and his father-in-law to lung cancer. And he went over those scenes to make them. We went over those scenes together to make them as true as we could. Wow. I left DC in 2009. I'd see him maybe once a year and then once every two, then once every three, four, and we get on the phone occasionally. He was always this cranky, funny, irrational guy <laughs> who was ready to pin it, pin in, ready to put a pin into anyone's balloon that was getting too big. <laughs> <laughs> he had that uh, Hemingway. Uh, he had what Hemingway called a built-in shockproof bullshit detector. Yeah, he just wouldn't take it from anyone, no matter no matter high on their no matter how high on their own supply they got. Mm. He'd be there to tell the truth about them, their bullshit, whatever. Beautiful. He was always funny, and he was always angry, and I fucking loved him. I'm always going to miss him so hard. Uh, this one hurts the same way losing Denny hurt. He was yeah. so good at everything he did, and he was always the first one to call bullshit when he saw it. And man, there is so much bullshit in comics. <laughs> you know, that, that um, and, and it's part of why I'm, you know, so glad, and, and I mean the the uh, irony is is not lost uh, that uh, that of course earlier this year he put out his podcast, Keith yep. Giffen, not dead yet. Yeah, I'm sad. He, we only got a couple episodes of that. Yeah, he's man. He's been building this. Uh, the, he's been building this joke for a long time. You know, that's um, a Monty Python reference. We need to take a drink for that. Oh, excellent! Yes. All right. Thank you. Is it just me? By the way, speaking of that podcast, is it just me, or is that one? He has that one story. I think it's in the first episode that really sounds a lot like. And I'm wondering if maybe he knew somebody who wrote. Sounds like the the plot of the movie The Freshman, where they had a drive. He had a drive through New York with like an illegal animal in their car. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, the monkey. <laughs> yes, the monkey. Oh, I mean, God. just change oh, it to geez. a Komodo dragon. Oh my God! Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and the Keith monkey. Giffen is as pl- played by Matthew Broderick. There you go. Oh man. Yeah, I'm glad that um, that he got to at least tell some of those stories because um, there was some some really interesting stuff in there, and um, and so huge thanks to his uh, good for nothing son-in-law. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, Michael, you said you had a couple more. I. Did have a couple more. Um, one from uh, Brad Meltzer uh, says the flag at the Legion of Superheroes Clubhouse is flying in half mass tonight. Same at JLA headquarters. R.I.P. to the great Keith Giffen, who was always first class. And finally, yes. from Al Gordon, he says, I just heard my old compatriot Keith Giffen passed away a couple days ago. A few months back, Keith was in the hospital with COVID. I can only assume his death had something to do with that. The effects of long COVID uh, include strokes, et cetera. I never know what to say. I feel like a hypocrite with any response I can think of. So I'll leave it with Godspeed, which is technically an expression of good wishes to a person starting a journey. So Godspeed, old friend. Mm, nice. Yeah. So, I, I mean, we we lost a great one for sure. Um he told so many great stories and I think, uh, we can, we can enjoy the fact, uh, you know, it's the old, um, 
they'll be sad they're gone, be happy they were here. Um, we got to uh, we got to be reading comics at a time that Keith Giffen was making them. Yep, and that 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 to me is uh, is undoubtedly a win, and um, and so yes, sad we won't see more, but man, that, as as we said at the beginning, that. Man, I, I I'm going through this list, and I was like, "Wow, there's a lot of stuff I got to check out that I didn't." And um, so there we go. We uh, we have our marching orders, folks. And so we uh, we raise a toast to Keith Giffen. Take a drink. Take a drink. All right. Uh, does anyone have anything else they want to share? All right. Um, so, Al, where where can uh, people uh, um, find uh, your um, your stuff? Yeah. Stuff. Yes, stuff. Well, there, there is yeah. Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. Uh, just type in Adam Warlock or Thanos, whatever podcatcher you use, and it'll pop up. Mostly about Adam Warlock and Thanos and other affiliated cosmic type stuff. And also, I figure this is a good time to mention it. Hopefully, it'll be coming out early next year. I have a second show, a podcast miniseries, actually, I'm working on right now. I'm trying to get it all recorded before I put it out. Oh, nice. And actually, it's very appropriate for today. It is a Keith Giffen podcast. Uh, we're with me and three different co-hosts are covering Suicide Squad, Vexed, and Heckler. Oh, very nice. Uh, well... I already have half. I already have Heckler and half a Suicide Squad recorded. So got to finish that and do Vexed, and then hopefully by next year it'll be coming out. Very nice, very nice. And of course, we've just completed the uh, Legion show. Um, the last episode came out on uh, on Friday, but I hear there's something else uh, going to follow that, and we'll we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we could talk in a different hour. Not yes. Not. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Exactly. That. Uh, that's perhaps, perhaps for the best. It, it, we talk about it at a different time. Yes. Um. <laughs> all right. Um. So so there we have it, uh, folks. Uh, you can share your thoughts on on Keith Giffen, uh, and you can share those with us at uh, Legion of Substitute Podcasters at Gmail dot com. Uh, you can uh, join in the conversation on our Facebook page, which can be found at facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. We are on the X Twitter and the, oh my goodness, I'm like going so far into the future that yeah. I seem to have forgotten about the past. And so I'm going to just have to do those points again. Um, but uh but, you know, hey, remember that other time that I totally forgot about Legion history? Well, this is just like that time. So, well, those, Michael. Those, those who forget history are doomed to repeat I'm, it. I'm doomed to repeat it. And so I am, I'm doomed to repeat reading the email address. <laughs> Why don't you take us through it? All right. Well, uh, as you know, we did not have a, a Legion history for the last two weeks. Um, but I will spare you from listening to me talk about two weeks ago and then one week ago and then this week uh, you can go to the uh, legion omnicom facebook page and see what happened in those two weeks but i will cover this week in legion history uh we will start out 50 years ago in 1973 
uh, Superboy number 200. Uh, during their extravagant wedding on Mars, Duo Damsel and Bouncing Boy receive an uninvited deadly guest, Starfinger. And take a drink for Darren singing Starfinger. Take a drink. Uh, that was covered in episode 260. 45 years ago in 1978, Superboy and the Legion number 247. Uh, in the first story, the Legion disapproves of Therok's plan to remake Korvan 4 the way the Fatal Five want it, and a battle follows. From the sidelines, a voice cries out. It's a Corvanian who asks for everyone to just leave the planet in peace. In the backup story, strange mishaps begin, begin plaguing the voting process for a new Legion leader. Brainiac 5, who is the leading candidate, must deduce the cost of them, cause of them as Lightning Lad is elected new leader. And that was episode 466. 25 years ago in 1998, uh, we have the trade paperback of JLA World Without Grownups. Uh, when a magic spell causes all of the adults on Earth to disappear, it's up to the superpowered youths, led by Robin, Superboy, and Impulse, to save the day. And if you recall uh, Reboot Inferno, who was left in the 20th century when... Uh, when the Legion went back home, makes an appearance. Um, I guess they consider Robin to be superpowered because he wears a costume. I, I guess. Well, and is yeah. And of you course, you have superpowers to join the Legion, don't you? Yeah, and I mean, just I Therefore mean, he you, is. you you <laughs> gotta be um, uh, uh, you gotta have a superpower to wear that costume too. So okay, well there you go. Yeah. Also, the same day, 1998, we have Legion Archives, Volume 8, which reprints Superboy number 147 and Adventure Comics 368 to 376, which we covered in episode 504 and various episodes between 182 and 197. Uh, we also have Legion of Superheroes, Volume 4, number 110, when the mad leader of a suicide cult on the planet Fawcett World blows up the Rock of Eternity. The heroine from a future even more distant than the Legions is stranded in the 30th century. Thunder assists the Legionnaires in defending the planet. At the end of the adventure, she is invited to stay with the Legion and accepts membership um, into the team assigned to the Legion outpost. And I had forgotten uh, how Thunder got there, but uh, if you can wait until fall of 2026... Uh, you can read it with us then. Very nice. Uh, 15 years ago, 2008. Uh, this was actually last week, but uh, November 13th, 2008 was the Legion of Substitute Podcasters episode number one. Uh, according to the description, Thanks. Paul French, Rick Croxton, and Darren Noel, all Legion fans for many years, unite to help clarify the continuity <laughs> and talk about how much they love the Legion. In this episode, recapping Adventure Comics 247, Paul, Rick, and Darren share the origins of their own Legion fandom and delve into the biographies of the first three Legionnaires and also the creators of the Legion, starting with Otto Binder and Al Plastino. Join us for the discussion of the first Legion story. The history of the future begins here. And then, <laughs> and then I added, it's the start of a bold new direction in podcasting. Ah, nice. Take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was I the only 
That was the only one from last week that I needed to bring forward. Nice. Uh, my 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 favorite thing on there was as I went through was that moment where where uh, it's like, so we're gonna come out uh, like every week, and I was like, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Um, uh, so that was 15 years ago. What happened to Rick uh, since he wasn't uh, on the show for very long? Um. I mean, he's he's still around. He he was doing also doing a um, a show about uh, about uh, called the Book Cave, and it was all about like pulps and that kind of thing because he was really into that as well. And yeah, um, yeah we um, you know he got busy with other stuff and uh, and uh, and and moved on and uh, and uh, and then uh, we were we, you know we were like Scott was available to to hang out too, so we. Uh, um, we we brought him in then, um, and he just kind of started joining us anyway. So that made that that easier. And then um, Matt, after not too long. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, well, Matt sort of sort of started up with the with that fourth episode, and I mean, he he stayed for a hundred or so. Um, I guess I mean he was still on it for a while uh, when I was here. So, and that was well after uh, 100. So, I think he might have made it to 200, and maybe slightly slightly after that. And um, and then yeah, just you know, life got busy, and um, much holiday stuff. Exactly. It was it was always always Kramer Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So see also. Also in 2008, we had uh, uh, the hardcover version of Legion of Superheroes Volume 5, Enemy Rising, which reprints uh, issues 37 to 44, which um, uh, Paul's Girls will get to sometime in 2030. Yeah, uh, they're, uh, although they're going to probably not want to put up with all that uh, projector nonsense too. To, so. that that's going to be up to them. That's, that, it's that's, true. That's future. Oh. That's future. Their problem. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, and then we also had uh, Showcase Presents World's Finest, Volume Two, Trade Paperback, which was the big giant phone book sized in black and white. And um, I think most of us know what a phone book is, but I'm sure there are some who won't know. Uh, but that's the one that reprints uh, World's Finest Number One Forty Two, the introduction of the composite Superman. Uh, and then finally, five years ago in 2018, the Flash TV episode, um, season five, episode three, called The Death of Vibe, following Cicada's attack on Flash, Nora, a.k.a. XS, comes up with a plan that puts a member of the team in danger. Spoiler alert, he makes it. <laughs> it all works out. It all works out. And that is This Week in Legion History, and now we can get back to uh the outro yeah exactly except you think i'm gonna zig i'm gonna i'm gonna zag oh. um uh our friend justin bridge uh, co- uh commented also about the uh uh the death of keith giffen uh, said he said what a loss still he went out with a joke and uh this is very true um and uh howard madnick uh, uh commenting on uh our uh, rerun uh, coverage of uh, um, uh, Superboy and the Legion uh, 201 um, uh, said, I can't believe I'm just noticing now. He says, am I crazy? Or Porcupine Pete, Peter Quill. Mm. 
something yeah. in there. Except his name was later given as Peter Durson. Yeah, but now it's Quill. Because they realized, oh, okay. they realized, you know, it's like he may not be a, a sub, but he could be. Um, right. right. All right. Oh, no, he means Star Lord. Yes. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All good, my friend. All good. Um, and uh, one other thing, I'm not going to get into this now, uh, but uh, next week we have another con uh, contribution for favorite Legion stories. Um, it's one we had talked about doing a couple of weeks ago, but then uh, we got uh, delayed with stuff. So um, when we are uh, back next week, we will uh, we will definitely address this because these are always fun to talk about. And we get to go back to the uh, regular Legion book for a few weeks. Exactly. It's a beautiful thing. All right. So, folks, I don't know if you know this, but if you want to reach out to us and share your This Week in Legion history stories, uh, you can uh, email us at legionofsubstitutepodcasters at gmail.com. You can join in the conversation on our Facebook page, which can be found at facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. We are on the X Twitter. We are uh, where we are LOSP podcast, which is also who we are on Blue Sky. And um, in addition to all those things, you can head over to our website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, uh, where you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we make our way into the time bubble. And there's a little extra Kirby crackle around here. And... Uh, and lots of laughing, lots and lots of laughing and some great ideas. And uh, we uh, pour one out for Keith Giffen and we will see you all next week. <laughs>